Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? It's showtime, folks! Do I have everybody's attention now? We are the nation! Give me a hell yeah! Yes! What? Yes! What? Power in the inmate! Embrace the vision. We want the smoke! Everybody's got a price! For the benefit of those with flash photography. With a tear in my eye! The cream of the crop! Hey yo! You just made the list! I am the man! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wrestle Nation, pro wrestling talk for people who talk pro wrestling. This is the official podcast of NEW, talking about all the happenings in the newest pro wrestling organization in the Pacific Northwest, as well as breaking down the world of WWE, NXT, AEW, and more. My name is Jay Bowman, and I'm joined by award-winning New York Times Journalist of the Year, uh, Mr. Wyatt Arndt the Stanchion. Wyatt, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Good job, sir. We are also joined, as always, by Mr. As Always. As Always. The Gotcha King, the man of a thousand nicknames, Mike Paris. Paris, how are you doing? I am well. I am well. I am a sports entertainer. I'm not. Uh, but I just felt I want to join in on the, on the club. Everyone seems to be saying that these days. Uh, we are also joined by a very, very special guest uh, this week. The NEW title number one contender, a guy that NEW fans know very well after his two shows he's done with the company. Uh, Anton Alexiev, the white Russian himself, is in the building. Anton, how are you doing? Honestly, I'm a bit sober still, but we're going to fix that up by the end of the interview because uh, we got to catch a party in about T minus 15. So, got to get that Syrah going Ooh. in me, you know? That sounds like a hard out. Ooh. You, you know how we do. We wrestle hard, we party harder. And then, of course, what, once new comes around in April, we're going to have the hardest hitting party you've ever seen. Plus no, Anton, gosh. Anton, you, 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 you look good in the ring, out of the ring. You're, I've never seen you without a suit. Can you say, has there ever been a day in your life you've been outside of like not having a suit on? Like it seems like people want to know, is that how you dress all the time? Here's the reality. And this is how I honestly grew up. I grew up with mother Russia literally t- telling me that if you look good, you feel good and always dress your best because you never know who you're going to meet. And that's the truth. Because when I first met management for new wrestling, they came up to me, both of them double fisting beers. And the first thing they said to me was, we want you, you know, and, and that's a strange thing for two grown men to say to, you know, someone uh, clearly under their age. But <laughs> I think it's definitely because of the suit, definitely because I look professional, both in and outside the ring. And it's definitely stepped up, helped me step up my game and help me create more opportunities. So yeah, you look good. You feel good. Um, do you feel kind of bad for Mike Paris and how he looks? He must not feel very good. That's what I'm assuming. Honestly, I can't feel bad for him because it's his choice. And at the end of the day, you know, if you want to look bad, that's fine. Not, not for you. me to judge. If, if that makes you happy, 
you know. Thank you. And that that. I, I choose to look to this way, and and much like you in your last match, um, my as my intensity grows throughout the day, I remove pieces of clothing. So, um, yeah, I, I'm at kind of uh, where you were at in your match when you uh, were down to like the vest. That's where I'm at now. Oh, just just wait till we actually get shots in me, because then that's when the pants start flying off as well. I gotta know the fluffy red coat. Uh, at what point during the match do you think, no, I'm, I'm taking it to the next level. The coat's got to go. Have you ever done an entire match in the coat before? I have. I've done entire matches in suits and coats. It all depends on the intensity that I'm feeling, truth be told. And it's not something where I go in, I'm like, you know what? This is a good time that I'm going to take it off. Or I might do this and I'll take it off. No, it's you're feeling in the moment. And when you know, you know, because like you said, you're, you're kicking up to the next gear. And when I'm kicking up to the next year, you know, I need to lose, lose some of that uh, skin, so to speak. I need to lose some of that weight. I'm going to move faster and hit way harder than. Now, you obviously you wear impeccable clothing. It's very expensive. We can tell. Have you ever, you know, do you consider using your, your clothing as, an, as a weapon ever? Would you ever like go out there and use that, that impeccable red coat and use it to choke someone out? Would that be something you'd be willing to do? Oh, been there, done that. The first time I ever uh, used anything as a weapon was against RJ City way back when. Uh, I gave him... Made him see stars just with a nice little tie slap, but knocked that man out good. Gave him a nice little jaw line, straight, uh, straightening it out just for him. That's why he looks so good on AEW right now. You're welcome, Star J City. Now, your f- debut with uh, with NEW was back at NEW3, uh, which took place at the Studio Nightclub. You had one of the most talked about matches of the entire chase for the championship tournament, unfortunately coming up a bit short to Malik Mello. But what everybody was talking about afterwards was the fight at the bar being slammed on the bar and slid off it. And I believe you might have spilled Mike Paris's drink. Paris, is that accurate? Uh, I The bartender had to literally pull me out of the way. Uh, so that I wasn't <laughs> more directly involved in that match. <laughs> so, I, I was I was the target of your missile. <laughs> so since then, I mean, what's it been like for you to be in NEW? You've had another match since then, and you're now the number one contender. Um, talk about that first match you had against Malik Mello at NEW3. So it's definitely interesting for me coming in. And First things first, um, Mike Paris, please find me at the next show. I'll definitely reimburse you for that drink or as many as you wish. Money and drinks are never the issue here. Based on what I saw that night, I think you get enough free drinks to to share with everyone else. I'll take you up on that. But coming into that first match is definitely something where you're, whenever you travel to a new place or for myself, whenever I travel to a new show, different uh, continent, province, city, whatever it may be, I'm very excited and thrilled and hyped up because it's a new opportunity. It's a new journey. And the way people wrestle in BC and their style and their intensity is completely different from when I wrestle people in Toronto, when I wrestle people in Chicago, um, LA, St. Louis, and so on and so forth. So really going into there, I, I know I'm going to stand out. I'm going to make sure I stand out. So that first match, I know I could take on Malik in this case, it's supposed to be Bishop originally. Both men, you know, their stature is much bigger than me. That's not an issue for me because I'll go toe-to-toe with any motherfucker. Excuse me, my last swear. You're allowed to swear. You are now. Least, uh, Fuck yeah. You are Fuck now. Yeah. <laughs> my apologies. I wanted to make sure. You know, I'll go toe-to-toe with any guy. It doesn't matter how big they are, how, how long they've been in this business. I'll give it my all, and I'll make sure that people will know Anton Alexiev is here to stay. 
And I'm going to make it memorable one way or another. And if there's one thing that brings everyone together, it's a shot, right? Right off the bat, you're going to go to the bar. People are going to celebrate with you when you're on top. And even when you're falling, when you get back on top, you're going to celebrate even harder. You know, that's what I always do. I'm always trying to make a unique experience for everyone because, you know, wrestling is great. Don't get me wrong. Having an amazing match is amazing. But having those little moments that are very different from everyone else, I think that's what really sets myself apart from everyone else. Well, I, I agree. And it's, but let's, let's talk about some of the big moments. I think one of the, you know, it's NEW is not, you know, it's not been around long, but there's already been some huge moments. You're involved in, in quite a few of them. And, and the one everyone's talking about would be that ladder at the Harbor Center. Uh, where it looked like that ladder went up to the moon and and you jumped off it and uh, the crowd was in shock. Uh, can you walk us through what goes through your head when you're on top of that ladder and you got to make that choice uh, to jump? Nothing goes through your head. Literally, it's no think, just jump. <laughs> and honestly, it's, it's something that you're very in the moment. And, and like I said, when I'm going into the match, you will remember me one way or another. And I will spare no expense, whether it's someone who's paying full price for a front row ticket or someone who's all the way in the nosebleeds, you're going to go in there. You're going to be entertained. You're going to know who I am and you're going to remember me. I don't care if I'm first. I don't care if I'm last on the show. I don't care if I'm there for two minutes talking on a mic, you're going to know, and you're going to feel my presence and I'm going to steal the show every single time. And if it's something where it comes to the ladder, if you've seen some of my stuff that I've done here in Toronto, that's another day on the job for me. I, I have no fear. I do not care. I will put everything on the line to prove that I can go with everyone and I will prove everyone who ever doubted me wrong, no matter what, every single time. Doesn't matter how high that ladder is. Doesn't matter how high the expectations are. Now, in that match, you and Effie uh, defeated the Strays, a team that's been around for a little bit longer here in the Pacific Northwest. But you and Effie seem to be on the same page and vibing right away. Uh, what was it like teaming with Effie? Honestly, it, it, I feel like it was long overdue. I say this because I met Effie in Chicago and, uh, way back when. And we faced each other. We had a fairly good match. It was amazing. And it was one of those things where I always wanted to just wrestle him one more time, one more time. You know, things would always come up. Things would work out together. And I don't know if y'all had me on Twitter before, but we just posted that little, like, Twitter uh, photo of Effie being like, I want to wrestle you. And next thing I noticed, uh, wrestling me, we're a team. So it's something that, not the first thing that comes to mind, but as someone who I consider a friend and who I respect dearly, not just in wrestling, but as an individual, um, you all, you're already coming in there with that chemistry. And even before the match, we're on the same wavelength where if you literally saw us, we're wide eyed, we're ready. We're literally shaking because we're hyped and we're ready. And the second we hit the, the curtain, it's just, we're in that zone, but we understand how we feel. And the chemistry is just like instant and something where might put, uh, might have to team up with uh, Ali Catch and Effie and uh, be the third one in Bussy. Uh, you spoke about your Twitter, and uh, one thing that I admire about you is your ability to, to market yourself out there. Seen some awesome promo videos from you, well-produced. Uh, what are the inspirations behind that, and, and where do you come up with the great ideas to, to get yourself out there? So truthfully, I was really bad with Twitter and social media starting off, but then uh, as I've done this more and more, I've realized that it's a hub. for Social media is the hub for wrestling, in all honesty. And the one thing that I want to do is I want to, again, stand out. So I find a lot of wrestlers do, you know, that stereotypical talk promo. Nothing wrong with that. You know what? By all means, you want to do that? That's fine. Because there are some good promos. 
Uh, for me, I, I like to think a bit bigger. I like to see how I can market myself even more. So by putting in the time and the effort in just the production value of yourself, just as you do inside the ring, um, by putting that time into the production value, you're able to market yourself more professionally, but at the same time, people start seeing you a different way where it's like, okay, this guy can go in the ring, but everything that he does in the ring, he can also do outside of the ring. And I think that's equally as important in a wrestler. And that's one thing that I think a lot of people need to invest in themselves. It's being able to not just focus on that in-ring experience, but everything that you do outside the ring. That's why I'm starting to do more and more where I'm starting to tell the tale of Anton Alexiev. And it's just adding to that story into the ring and adding to the fact that people will know my name and people will remember me. Yeah, it takes a lot to match the the character and charisma of Effie, but uh, both going against him and now teaming with him, you can obviously stand up there. So uh, yeah, keep up with those promo videos because I like watching them. Now you you party pretty hard. I think that's pretty easy to tell. Uh, how do you avoid massive hangovers? Because it seems like you're always partying every time I see any clips or anything. Hydrate, what baby. is the Anton Alexiev <laughs> hangover cure? Okay, so I knew it, it was my birthday. So we showed up to, I forgot where we were, but I remember I looked at Adam Ryder and I went, every time I take a shot, I'm coming to you and letting you know because I need you to count. And then he left when I was at 18. So it switched to Evan Rivers. But then Evan Rivers was trying to go shot for shot. And I ended up with 26, according to him. Again, this is someone else counting for me, not me, because I cannot. And the hangover cure is eat food when you're drunk. I know that's sad as dumb, but if you saw me there, I was taking shots and then I ate soup. Oh, soup. I, I wasn't expecting I that. Soup. A liquid diet. No, no, I had soup. And it was funny because I partied with Effie till like 4.30 in the morning, just like so he could catch his flight. I woke up at 8.00. To go to the airport and then i went to the airport didn't get back here till like nine to toronto and then got picked up got to my house at like 10 and had to get ready in the span of 10 minutes if you follow my twitter you saw this because i had a limo waiting for me i put on a new suit and then that same night i spent another two grand on don julio tequila and it was and then the soup saved me again <laughs> The soup. Oh, great. Is okay, there, is there the soup, soup is, the soup what kind is of the soup? Tea? What is kind it? of soup? Yeah. yeah. I want to know. Um, I think I had a uh, Mistrone soup in Vancouver, and then I had a cream of mushroom when I oh, got Oh, no, 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 no. Again, it's all dependent on the individual, but... If you didn't know before from the climbing of the ladder and jumping off, this man's a risk taker. Yep. He's out there rocking cream of mushroom soup. People chatting like, holy shit in the restaurant. restaurant. What a daredevil. <laughs> what an absolute, yeah. What an absolute daredevil. That's a crazy uh, motherfucker move right there. <laughs> cream of mushroom soup and 20 odd shots of Travis, whatever. watch out. Oh, man. Yeah. So yeah. moving ahead to uh, NEW6, a huge opportunity lays before you as you got a title shot. You have climbed the ladder of NEW, literally and metaphorically, and you have a title shot against Travis Williams, who will obviously be accompanied by the wise men. Uh, what are your feelings looking ahead to this match? You know, going in, I think a big thing to consider are the Wiseman. I say that because if you look at all of his matches, there's no way that Travis Williams can win alone. Straight and simple. And even if you look at physique, the man's lucky I wear a suit because uh, no offense, I-, I put in way more work than that kid ever will. 
And I, I already make him look bad with the suit. Without, it's even worse. But his redeeming factor are those wise men. Because if you look at every match that he's faced, there's no way he wins without them, one way or another. Even if it's the littlest thing that they do, they're there for a reason. And having that outside individual can really impact the, the, the way your match goes. And in this case, it was the perfect opportunity for him to knock out Artie with that belt and then get that going. So going in there, I'm definitely going to be much more mindful of the wise men. Uh, my goal is to realistically take them out as much as to take Travis out because I already know in the back of my head that they're going to try some sneaky stuff. And you know what? <laughs> you try all you want. I'm going in there hot-headed. I'm going in there with no regrets. And uh, I'm not looking out for your safety at that point. Now, you know, the wise men on the other side, um, like, is it a point of pride for you to want to beat Travis and the wise men and not like, you know, have your own backup or like, do you ever get caught up in that a little bit of the ego? Like, I don't need anyone. Or do you think that you ever have a friend on speed dial? Maybe just in case. I, I all the time, whenever I go to any promotion, I'm very friendly with everyone and I'm very known with everyone and I'm known, but I'm not friends with them. And what I mean by that is there's people that will have each other's backs because, you know, they, they have that bond, they have that chemistry. And even though I might be good with whoever it is in the back room, I unfortunately don't have those bonds going into matches, which doesn't bother me. And the ego does sometimes realistically come into play where, you know what, I want to prove everyone's going to doubt me right now wrong because I want to go in there and I want to win by myself without any help. I want to do this David versus Goliath battle and come up on top because what a story that is to tell. So realistically, yes, the ego does come into play. Am I worried that I'm going in there alone? No, because I've done it all my career, you know, uh, here in Toronto against people like Jake something, Mark Wheeler, Jesse V, even in Chicago against like people like Happy and things like that. So it's definitely something that I'm not worried about. And all I can do is give it my all. If you were to defeat Travis Williams, would you celebrate by drinking creamy mushroom soup in the ring? First, we're going to, and I mean, we, we're going to take at least double digit shots. Then to ensure that we're going to survive the night, we will then have to okay, okay, okay. go the ring. <laughs> All right. So I'm picturing NEW6, Anton Alexiev in the ring with the NEW championship. He's the new title holder. Two cans, cream of mushroom soup, Stone Cold Steve Austin style, mashing them together. Oh, no. And yeah. So I'm, if you I'm haven't got your tickets this is yet. The full concentrate, just like oh, tube yeah. of soup. Mushwisers. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. So. Quickly speak on that. Um, unfortunately, I do got to run because, like I said, I got a party to catch because uh, it's going to be St. Patty's Day. You know your boy ain't going to be uh, sober for tonight. So I do uh, – thank you for your time. I do apologize for the rush. Usually it's Wyatt who ducks out early on. No, I got to gotta go to plane. I got to catch the plane. I got to go meet what? him. For the, I'm partying with Anton tonight. Yeah, no. I mean, oh, yeah. We, for, yeah, interviewing him. Interviewing this, him. That's all. Was this – you You didn't have – you didn't want to drop this on us earlier, Wyatt? You just wanted to – I just fly by the seat of my pants. I'm living in the moment. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just drinking that sweet cream of mushroom soup of life, you know? So here's, so here's the thing. Uh, Wyatt's in Vancouver. You say you're going to fly to yeah. meet Anton to party. Yeah. The time switches. In, yeah. I am in no way surprised. And I'm sure that even with the time difference, by the time you get there, Anton will still be going strong, even though it's going to take Wyatt a couple hours and a time jump to get out there. So, uh, Anton, 
Enjoy your St. Patrick's Day party. Uh, please show up to NEW6 in one piece. Uh, and maybe if you want to get the edge and take out a wise man, I know Tony Baroni likes to uh, drink. Maybe the night before the match, you take Baroni out and go uh, shot for shot and drink him under the table. I'm going to put you on a spot right now. Can you drink more and party harder than Tony Baroni? Yes, that's not even a question. Put anyone in front of me, doesn't matter how big they are, I'm beating them shot for shot. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us. That is the white Russian Anton Alexiev, number one contender for the NEW championship. You can see him wrestle Travis Williams on Thursday, April 7th at NEW six at the Harbor convention center. Okay, we are back. Uh, Anton and Wyatt have both left to party. Wyatt jumping on a plane to meet him in Toronto to, uh, to, to party down and sounds uh, like an ill-advised plan it kind of does it, it kind of yeah. does sound like an ill-advised plan but thanks again to anton alexia for uh, for joining us for our opening segment there but uh yeah for our next segment we're gonna get into it there's a lot of stuff happening in new right now some big news has come out this week so let's get right to it with the new segment oh my god come on mike paris the card for new6 has been revealed and once again only bangers in the building. Uh, we knew about three matches ahead of time. We knew that State of Emergency would get their tag title shot against the Wiseman. We knew yep. Nicole Matthews would be going up against Zoe Sager. And we also knew that Sumi yep. Sakai and Casey Spinelli would face off uh, in the finals to crown the first ever NEW Women's Champion. Uh, so that was the the teaser. That was the the appetizer that was put out uh, when the on sale was announced. Uh, now we know the full card, and it's nuts. Uh, so first thing I want to talk about, the first thing that kind of jumped out at me is uh, we're going rumbling at NEW. Uh, the Indeed. NEW Rumble, 14 wrestlers will be competing for a future title shot, which will be guaranteed to the winner. Uh Man, tons of talent in this match. I'll just run it down right here. We've got uh, Parm Singh Man. I've been saying I hear he's due. Parm is due. Uh, maybe this, this could be it. Eli this be Surge, chance. Gorilla Shug, Malik Mello, Adam Ryder, Bishop, Evan Rivers, Judas Icarus, Battle Wasp, Jace Darcy, uh, Alan Jepson, Coco Flash, Elliot Tyler, Mr. Ferguson. Uh, fucking Murderer's Row there. Yeah, yeah, and and a, a couple of guys that we're you know we're fans of and we think are due. Yes, Evan Rivers. Come on, is this the time for Evan Rivers to finally like? And it's not just because he's an anti Wyatt guy. Yeah. that I like him. I have further reasons to like him. He put on put on a great match uh, in that triple threat at the last show, so I know he can bring it, and he continues to do so. So of course he's the guy I'm rooting for. He got Elliot Tyler in there. Of course he's got to be a favorite coming in. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who comes out of this. Yeah, Elliot Tyler, not only that, but his Stray's tag team partner, Judas Icarus, will be in there as well. And all three people who were involved in that awesome triple threat at NEW5 are in this thing. Evan Rivers, as well as Eli Surge, and the man who won that match, Adam Ryder. We're going to see Malik Mello again. I'm really psyched to see Malik get in there and wrestle. And, man, Battle Royal is exactly where a guy with that size would I, thrive. I was just going to say, yeah, you know, we're talking about, you know, guy like Elliot Tyler or Judas Icarus. You know, smaller stature. Can they stand up against the the bishops and Mister Fergusons and Malik Mellows of, of the world in in what what needs to be uh, getting people over the top here? So uh, I I hope I hope one of our one of our uh, short kings can can pay off. No, I'm going for I'm going hosses all the way. 
Absolutely. <laughs> if there's ever you a moment do. where Bishop Ferguson and Malik Mello are all in the ring at the same time, you know what? Throw some Gorilla Sugar in there, too. Uh, that's going to be an absolute beef battle. It's going to be great. Just throwing it out there. Didn't they break the ring at the last show? Yeah. It's like, wow, I hope they've we've got some reinforcements in place here. Because that's going to be a lot of beef. If you broke it last time, you're going to break it even more this time. So put a few bit more uh, boards and rebar in there for me. We're also going to see uh, Battle Wasp and Jace Darcy for the first time, I believe, in NEW. And then Alan yep. Jepsen, who wrestled at NEW2 on the Sunday show. Uh, Alan Jepsen's going to be in the Battle Royal as well. So it's awesome. Well, there you see there was a baseball labor dispute. Yep. And I think they've resolved that now. So now he can wrestle again. I think that's how this works. Oh, okay. Well, well yeah. we're, lucky, uh, we're lucky to have him. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, and NEW Rumble. I'm super excited. Uh, aside from that, what else we have? We got uh, Ava Lawless versus Cat Power. Cat making her return to the ring at NEW Five in a uh, losing effort in a one versus two. Uh, I guess one versus three semi handicap match with uh, Eddie Osborne and uh, you know Alex Plexus kind of screwed her over a bit as well. So Cat uh, Power is gonna be coming in looking uh, looking to prove something against uh, Ava Lawless. Pretty good looking match. Yeah, yeah. She better hope that uh, Eddie Osborne's over on the island for the, for this show because because uh, he's got it out for her. I don't know. I don't know what his damage is about, but uh, lots of people in NEW have reason to be out uh, for Cat Power, and Eddie seems to be one of them. I wouldn't want to be Ava Lawless. I know she's a very accomplished wrestler everywhere she's been, but uh, yeah, Cat Powers is going to be super, super pissed off after what happened with her return to the ring at NEW5. Uh, we had mentioned it before uh, as one of the matches we knew about ahead of time, State of Emergency versus the Wise Men for the NEW Tag Team titles. Have you you know, shifted a bit on who you think is going to win this match, or are you still kind of pretty firm with oh. your original thoughts? Well, the, uh, let me just first say this is a ring full of of of, of jerks. I don't, I don't want to want to say a that special outright, ring of jerks match. <laughs> ring of jerks match. You know, we got we got uh, Cassidy uh, hooking up with SOE on one side of things. That's never things are never going well when Cassidy's on one side of things. And then, of course, the Wiseman. Um, who knows? Is Mister Ferguson going to be there? Is Travis Williams going to be there? Are they going to have support in their end? Uh, to counteract uh, whatever Cassidy's got to offer them. But I said this last week, and I got some shit for it. But, you know, maybe SOE, it's it's time to to kick Cassidy to the side because I think he's making them look bad. Yeah. You know, you don't think he's, he's going to help them all in this match? Well, if he, he might, who knows? Who knows? He might help them. He might hinder them. But either way, I think they've outgrown him. The next match on the card, another one we knew about ahead of time, uh, Nicole Matthews and Zoe Sager. Zoe Sager making a big impression in that awesome triple threat, uh, the women's triple threat at NEW5. And Nicole Matthews, who's kind of been, I don't want to say floundering a little bit, but ever since her really impressive win against Artemis Spencer in the chase for the championship tournament, uh, has had a little bit of trouble finding her footing. In, uh, in NEW, and what better way to reestablish herself by taking on the young upstart uh, Zoe Sager, who is still relatively new to uh, to the business. Yeah, I think a lot of us, you know, in this area weren't expecting to see Sumi Sakai hit that smash mouth and be able to take out, to, to be able to take out Nicole Matthews in, in her home ring here. Yeah. Um, so, and, but yeah, that was just another, another thing to kind of, to kick Nicole down, unfortunately, and Hopefully she can get she can get some wins back here uh, against Zoe Sager, but she's coming in strong too. Like yeah. her showing, she was a surprising loss uh, at NEW five as well. So, uh, and she seems to be a, a you know 
hot young talent coming out of coming out of Alberta. Uh, got those Lance Storms influences uh, shining through. So I think the style match is good, but hopefully Nicole doesn't continue this lose streak. Yeah, because there's a lot to watch with the women's division right now. Because as we as we know, Sumi Sakai and Casey Spinelli will be wrestling for you know to crown the first ever NEW Women's Champion. But you're kind of looking at who the winner of that match is going to face for their first title defense. And let's mm-hmm. run down the list. I mean, uh, Bambi Hall, Zoe Sager both made really really great showings. But Taryn from Accounting and that triple threat was you know nigh unstoppable. You've got Nicole Matthews who's looking to get a big win here against Zoe Sager to you know hopefully be the first contender let's not forget about liza hall liza hall unfortunately wasn't able to make uh new5 however she's going to be wrestling viva van at new6 and yeah there's like it's not just about the title match it's about positioning yourself to be that first challenger so there's just a large air of importance for all the women's matches at new6 not just the title match yeah and nicole can't can't sit here just assuming she's the heir apparent to to a shot like that there's a lot of talent you know breathing down her neck here coming from all ends of the world so you know nicole can't uh take zoe sager uh lightly and she's she's got to win this one if she's going to stay in the title picture against whomever comes out between spinelli and uh sumi sakai yeah she's someone who a lot of people had penciled in just oh automatically she's going to win the new women's championship and by the end of new6 she could find herself fifth or sixth in line which is you know not a place i'm sure she's used to uh she's used to being but uh you know we're also not too far removed from her awesome uh match at uh, new1 against daniel makabe so you know nicole she's got the skills like she can be in that title picture in, in no time but uh yeah a lot of very talented uh, women in uh, in NEW right now, so that division is oh man, it's, it's caught fire already. We also are going to have uh, Reloaded hashtag Reloaded or do uh, Reloaded will be taking on the Voros twins. So the Voroses got in there, uh, ran their mouths a little bit after Reloaded came up short against State of Emergency, and then attacked them, hitting a Davinci code uh, on them. So this match has a little bit more bad blood than I guess you would anticipate if you were to tell me two months ago that the Voros twins will be taking on uh, Reloaded. Uh, who do you like in this match? Uh, I don't Now, the Voros twins, they, they might be able to, to take out Reloaded on Fortnite. Maybe that'd be a more more entertaining thing is who's better at video games between these two teams. Uh, but I think Reloaded's got their number in the ring, unfortunately. And Reloaded's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder because A, they they're, the wins haven't always been going their way recently. And B... Um, the Voros twins, you know, trying to trying to get the one up on on them in a in a shady way. Uh, Reloaded's not going to like that. So if there was any a time for Reloaded to be due, it'd be at NEW six. Well, yeah, because they got the they brought the intensity level up for that match against uh, State of Emergency and came up just a bit short. If they came into this with that same level of intensity, I don't think the Voroses have a chance. And also in regards to like the video game edge, uh, I might give it to the folks who come out with Keyblades sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I hear those. I hear those Voros boys can can kick some butt at Fortnite. So I don't, I don't know if it's uh, apples to apples here. <laughs> Uh, the other major announcement that was made, uh, Daniel Maccabe, who we referenced before, we haven't seen him in a bit in uh, in NEW. Uh, he will be returning to take on uh, Alex Shelley. You heard of him? Uh, sorry, who? Alex Shelley. I I was told on the last episode to not get you started on the Motor City Machine Guns. So. We can't talk about it. Don't get me started on the Motor City <laughs> Machine Guns because they are the fathers of modern tag team wrestling. 
Uh, I'm really, really excited uh, that Alex Shelley is going to be wrestling at NEW6, and even more excited that his opponent is going to be Daniel Maccabi. That match really, really jumps off uh, the screen, and I'm I'm pumped to see it. Yeah, I, I'm excited anytime I can watch Maccabi in the ring. Yeah, uh, he's my kind of wrestler, um, and to see him go up against you know one of the biggest talents uh, that NEW has been able to bring here to Vancouver, um, he's absolutely the right match for Alex Shelley. And Daniel Maccabe, uh, I hope, can can withstand withstand what that uh, machine gun has to offer. And then, as mentioned, uh, our main event for the evening, uh, Travis Williams will be defending the NEW Championship against Anton Alexiev. We're going to go ahead and say friend of the show, because Travis Williams has been big-timing uh, Wrestle Nation and ducking us ever since he won the title, and uh, Anton Alexiev he was down to do the uh, he was down to do the show. So I guess we're we know who we're rooting for. Absolutely, I, I was gonna say during our interview, like if he wants, you know, a, a couple of uh, well, I'll, I'll speak for myself and say out of shape podcasters in his corner. Um, you know, we're, we're we're available. Yeah, and I'll speak for myself. Like, we that, could be his wise men. Yeah, that round is a shape, so I'm in shape. Uh, <laughs> and pears. We like mushroom soup. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, you into mushroom soup. We'll bring in the cream of mushroom soup. We'll have a big soup bash afterwards. Uh, it'll be great. <laughs> So yeah, if, if you do need any assistance, Anton, uh, the Wrestle Nation crew is more than happy to uh, to be in your corner and counter. But where do Wyatt's allegiances lie here? Because who's that? Is he's Wyatt? Over, he's on a plane right now. Yeah, going to Toronto to party with Alexiev. He'll probably come right back here with some other award or something and want to party with with the Wise Men. So I don't know if he whose corner he's in. I don't even think Wyatt knows whose corner he's in these days. <laughs> He's Whoever's got, offering the most awards. That's right. He's got deals going with everybody. So, uh, yeah, it is going to be an awesome show. April 7th at the Harbor Convention Center. Go to nationextremewrestling.com to get your tickets. Is there anything else, any WYs you wanted to get into? I mean, that announcement happened a couple days ago, and, man, I've been just thinking about all the, all those matches ever since. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, from what I've seen uh, from the production, uh, watching all the all the matches on YouTube, um, what a venue that Harbor Convention Center has to offer. So head there. I'm not sure if the bar was uh, vast enough for Anton Alexiev, but is there a bar vast enough for Anton Alexiev? No, such Hard a thing. Such a thing doesn't exist. So, so that might be the only slight improvement. But other than that, it's a hell of a venue from both a production as well as from a live standpoint. So, so head on down there and get your tickets. Absolutely. All right, let's check in with the wide world of wrestling. Okay, so AEW held their St. Patrick's Day Slam edition of Dynamite a few days ago, headlined by Thunder Rosa finally defeating Britt Baker and winning the AEW Women's Championship in a pretty good match, I'd say. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it delivered. It delivered um, from from a gimmick standpoint, from a from a hardcore standpoint, if you will. Um, and, and it delivered with, you know, what ultimately was, um, what we all kind of saw coming, which was Thunder Rosa eventually getting that, 
inevitable win over DMD. Yeah, when she lost at Revolution, you kind of look ahead to the, oh, wait, it's going to be in San Antonio uh, in a couple weeks. That's where they chose to do the uh, the crowning. I had mentioned on the last show that I had cooled off a lot on Thunder Rosa in the time since last year because she's just kind of been spinning her wheels a little bit for, uh, for a year. But uh, really, really solid match. Uh, both looked great. Britt Baker, I'd say, had a pretty successful title run. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. And she really, um, uh, like, that title was always good. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, all the wrestlers who have held it up to this point are very talented, but she definitely uh, elevated uh, the entire women's division and really gave that title um, something to be worth fighting for mm-hmm. and gave left us saying, like, who who is good enough uh, to top, topple Britt Baker? So... Uh, Thunder Rosa seemed to be the right person at the right time. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know if this feud is over entirely. I wouldn't be too surprised if uh, Britt is looking for that title back. But maybe there's something different for her in the mix as well. Yeah, because she could always perhaps like feud with like you know Jamie Hader, one of her underlings. Uh, for Thunder Rosa, you know who knows what's uh, what's next. But it's been a while since you've seen Ruby Soho involved in uh, in anything. Uh, maybe legit Layla Hirsch is her next yeah. challenger. Woo. And we saw a little bit of a tease this past week on on Dynamite of is Chris Statlander looking to uh, reemerge as something new, mm-hmm. um, maybe separate from the best friends a little bit. You know, we had a little bit of a vignette of her wiping off her her uh, signature star makeup, so maybe she's back in the picture. Yeah, separating from the best friends definitely seems to be uh, hot right now. Uh, because is William Regal also going to slap her across the neck? <laughs> oh <what>? no! Oh. <laughs> Regal all of a sudden becomes just this mega heel. What? What did I do? Uh, that's the worst. That's just a stupid British accent. It's not really Regal at all. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had uh, Brian Danielson and John Moxley. Moxley. Every time he says it, I just know why it somewhere is just why it's cringing. furious for two reasons. One, uh, three. One, he doesn't like Gian Moxley. Two, he hates Wild Thing as his entrance music. And three, he hates the way Justin Roberts says his name. It's just a trifecta of things that drive Wyatt nuts. So I... Justin Roberts has made his entire career on saying John in a weird way. Yeah, throwing ten... So, like, you ten, can't just, like, drop that. Yeah, throwing ten E's in it for no reason at all. <laughs> Gia! Uh, yeah, so they faced off against uh, Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler Yuta, of course, being one of the first people that Danielson name-dropped uh, when he approached Moxley with this new project of getting the next generation ready, turning people into great professional wrestlers. Uh, they get the win. A couple times during the match, Wheeler Yuta taking all the offense that uh, Danielson can muster, kicks and whatnot, and just daring him to hit him with more. Regal on commentary was great. Because uh, Regal, man, he's such a scientific mind with it all. Like Regal talking about how those kicks and chops to the sternum make it difficult to breathe. Just like that's a rather simple one. But just breaking down the offense of Danielson and Moxley, like scientific level, was I thought was awesome. Really added to the match. And it's it's cool to give him that because that is his character now as well. Yes. He is like leading this duo of 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 great wrestlers in in their pursuit of wrestling excellence so to have him on commentary kind of deliver those 
those lines that uh, establish him as a wealth of knowledge in regards to the technical aspects of wrestling only helps build that character. Yeah, talking about how disapp- he was a little bit disappointed when he slapped the two that uh, neither one of them punched him in the face afterwards. That's what he was really looking for. Uh, so then why didn't Yuta do that? Yeah, well, Yuta didn't... Maybe he, he that did, was the you, goal. Wheeler Yuta didn't hear him. I'm sure Wheeler <laughs> Yuta goes home, he watches Dynamite on PVR, and hears it goes, Oh, shit! I should have punched him done. in the face! I would have been in. <laughs> Look, okay. All right. I'm booking next week's dynamite. Hold on. William Regal comes out, looks around. Dynas is making his entrance, nods, and then Wheeler Yuta comes out of nowhere and just punches him in the face. <laughs> Am I in? Did I do it? <laughs> Am I in now? Is that the. Yeah, Regal's just wanted. laying out the key secret to join this group is you got to punch him in the face. But uh, I will say that apparently uh, William Regal is listed on the AEW website with the active wrestlers. Oh. Not with the the management or what have you. Yes, yes. So we'll see if that is a is a breadcrumb to anything. Oh God, I'm just picturing Serena Deeb, who is definitely the female who could join this group. You know, get punching him in the face. He'd be like, "Yeah, okay, there you you're go. in." She blocks the slap. <laughs> so puts him in a chokehold. Yeah. So after uh, they lose. Wheeler Yuta uh, decides not to leave with the best friends. Uh, gets I, I popped huge for this. I loved this. And then got in the ring. And then Regal slapped him. And he went nose to nose with Regal for a bit. And Regal says, yeah, we're watching you. You're not quite ready yet. You know, go keep making a name for yourself. And, uh, and we'll see. Which is great because now am I not only invested in what Danielson, Mox, and Regal are doing. I'm very closely watching anything Wheeler Yuta is doing from now on to try and endear himself to this group and try and basically join the Rigmas here. I'm pumped. He is the the black sheep of of the best friends. Oh God, like, yeah. He, does, he doesn't stick with that that no. uh, fit in with that stable at all. So and it also really matches what Danielson said. Like we got to get Wheeler Yuta away from these chumps. Like, yeah. this guy's got talent, and he's wasting it, palling around with Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor and the rest of them. Maybe Danhausen put a curse on him, and that's why he sticks around. That'd be awesome if that's what Danielson... We gotta get We gotta get Danhausen. Dan <laughs> oh, that's the tag team, Daniel ha- Danielson Hausen. Boom, there it is. <laughs> Brian Danielson Hausen. Yeah, Danielson's gonna turn on Mox, Regal, you to turn on all of them, and join forces <laughs> this with... This is all part of the long time. Yeah, this is all... Well, hold on a second. Let's go back a bit. When did Danhausen first appear, and when did Danielson make that speech to Mox? How long has this been in the works? Wow. Fuck, this is, this is big. Galaxy brain shit. This is big. Uh, speaking of stables, and speaking of guys that Danielson name-dropped in his We're Gonna Save Pro Wrestling uh, speech to Mox, uh, let's talk about the Jericho Appreciation Society. And, uh, of course, we we heard it from Justin. Justin's a big 2.0 guy. So we said some pretty disparaging words about 2.0 and how much they suck on the show last week. And Justin Morissette uh, was having none of it. He loves uh, 2.0. And we're not going to be hearing that name anymore, apparently. Yeah, uh, they've rebranded. I was not into this stable at all when they formed last week. Uh, and today, you're still not into this stable. But I will say, <laughs> <laughs> they Jericho did an awesome job of explaining why they're all together. Um, mm-hmm. 
they are leaning hard into the like basically they're doing a Matt Cardona thing. They're leaning very hard on a large scale to the we're a sports entertainers. We're not professional wrestlers. We beat up professional wrestlers, says uh, Jake Hager. Um, 2.0 is now gone to use their real names. Uh, Daniel Garcia, when Jericho was talking about how shitty pro wrestling is and how he's a sports entertainer and stuff, Daniel Garcia, in a great little twist, grabs the mic, gets at his face, and says, I agree. I'm also a sports entertainer, breaking the heart of tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of people. I thought, oh, is this where they're gonna? He's gonna break away and try and join uh, the Danielson Mox Regal group? But uh, no, not so lucky. Uh, the guy that sticks out of this group like a sore thumb, he will remain, and he is also a professional wrestler. What did you think of this segment? Um, I thought it. it everyone showed up pretty well, maybe except for Jake Hanker. That didn't. His portion didn't he do never much shows up for well. me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but everyone else got elevated from this, which is good. And, and I think Daniel Garcia uh, was actually the standout for me. Where I, he was always kind of just like a no character kind of guy for me previously. He was just kind of a re- a wrestler. Yep. And now maybe he's established himself as more of a sports entertainer uh, because I liked uh, his expressions. I liked what he had to say. I liked his kind of um, the edge he kind of had when he was on the mic as well which is something I necessarily hadn't seen from him before. So, yeah, I thought everyone looked good. Am I behind this? No. Do I still think 2.0 or whatever their name is now sucks? Yes. So I'm not sure where this is going or if it's anything worth paying attention to, but but it's there. It sure is. And I feel like with everything they said, <laughs> uh, perhaps I would just love for them to be on a collision course with this Danielson Moxley Regal group because, I mean, when's the next pay-per-view? Is that end of May? At uh, double or nothing. How about we get yep. professional wrestlers versus sports entertainers <gasps> with da- the custody of Daniel Garcia on the line, <laughs> just like with Dominic Mysterio. It's a ladder match with the cu- for the custody of Daniel Garcia. Perfect. Done. Who isn't asking for this? Every, every this is what they're talking about. Like, I just want Danielson and Moxley. I just want that crew to come out, and just beat the shit out of them. Although maybe this is how Wheeler Yuta maybe endears himself to uh, to that group. Is he one on five rushes and goes after the Jericho Appreciation Society? Um, should Jericho change from Judas? Because this has come up quite a bit. Like back when he was a heel before, and then he was a face, and now he's. I guess trying to be mega heel, but people go mental for his theme song and they cheer, they sing along and they, you know, pop for it. Uh, does it hurt things for him here? Yeah. And, and I think, but maybe he's waiting for a moment because I think like, even with the MJF feud, it was part of it, right? It was, it was like, yeah, I'm taking this away from you because it gives you power yeah, and because people like it. So maybe he's waiting for the opportunity to yank it from the fans uh, as as a punishment, or maybe he's just waiting for Fozzie to write a different song. Yeah, yeah, waiting for that other Fozzie song to catch fire and become a, a phenomenon there. Yeah, it's weird because he that's the first thing he mentioned he, was them kind of singing along to a song. And I thought he was gonna go because that's the last time you're gonna hear it, you stupid marks. Um, but uh, no, 
he's going to keep it. I liked the everything tying them all together. Him donating to Daniel Garcia after the car accident and stuff. Him having 2.0 on Talk is Jericho because Kev, his friend Kevin uh, reached out to him and you know wanted to try and give them a bit of a, a bit of the rub or whatever. It it's very yeah. genuine and authentic, and that I actually do kind of like. Uh, because when 2.0 was just kind of slapped together with them last week, I was like, oh, uh, all right. So, yeah. But yeah, uh, I did have the feeling of we don't know what to do with these guys. Yeah. So. And Jericho's yeah. in another super group after he just had yeah. the last one fall apart. And oh, okay. So, um, Justin, they have not won me over yet, but I am moderately intrigued. I can upgrade myself to moderately intrigued and I'll be keeping an eye out, but uh, they still can't hold a candle to uh, Billy Gunn's adult sons or uh, the acclaimed, as far as I'm concerned. The the ass boys and the and the acclaimed yeah they're your yeah they're your guys oh, I love, dude okay. well you know I've been a big fan of Billy Gunn's adult sons for a while and it's been a while since we've seen him on Dynamite which <laughs> can makes you me... shorten that no B G A S big ass B G A S yeah the biggest uh, and then another major match that happened uh, Wardlow versus Scorpio Sky Scorpio Sky had announced last week that he's only going to be carrying one title. Because oh. the other one would be in the trophy case at the American Top Team facility, uh, which I was like, okay, good. Hey, that also makes sense to get rid of the second title that Sammy Guevara was carrying around for some reason for so long. Okay, great. I'm into all of this. And then uh, Dan Lambert comes out wearing that other title on uh, on Dynamite. So Scorpio Sky, not the transitional champion we all thought he would be, at least not initially, because... Sean Spears and MJF return to cost Wardlow the TNT title. Beatdown happens afterwards. Yeah, thoughts? Yeah, this is kind of what I was anticipating. Like, I, I'm not A, I'm not sure that the TNT title is the right space for Wardlow right now. It actually seems like a, like a bit of a demotion uh, to where he could be. Uh, in regards to both the fan perspective as well as maybe a, a main title picture. Um, so I don't know if that's the right decision. As well as, yeah, this needs to... MJF can't can't go silently into the night after being wronged by Wardlow against Punk. So it makes sense that uh, he screws Wardlow out of exactly what his next goal was. Yeah, that's, I think... When Wardlow had the title shot for St. Patrick's Day bash or smash or whatever, uh, it was like, okay, well, obviously MJF's going to swoop in and cost him the match, and then they're going to go off and have, they're going to go off and have their feud. So where do you see, I guess, Scorpio Sky going from here? I mean, it feels like the TNT title picture always is very interchangeable, and yeah. you can just throw somebody in there after like you know a couple wins on consecutive weeks and go, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think it is. It's designed that way. I think it is their TV title, so to speak. It is the thing that's going to be on the line on a regular basis, and I think Scorpio Sky can keep up with that for a while. Um, and yeah, as long as you got the right people going against them, it could could be entertaining television. I'm not sure who the person taking it off of him will be. Will it be worth though? I, like I said, I'm not sure that makes sense. Um, put Sammy Guevara back with it, maybe after yeah. he's already been taken had it taken from him wrongly once in the past yeah you got uh, miro floating so around out there 
Uh, Maybe give uh, Malachi Black something to do. Or, you know, Keith Lee floating around out there, too, wrestling on uh, Rampage. I think it'll be a while for Keith Lee. He was hyped as this big, huge announcement, and he's barely, I think he's maybe wrestled once on Dynamite since. And pretty much every other match of his has been on Rampage. So, OJ Lethal, like, that's another name that was a big announcement and then was nowhere. Um, You know, we've got a few of those. Andrade! It's Andrade That's the right up spot to. For them. So yeah, you, the TNT title you can work anybody into those uh, anybody into those matches. Uh, give me some, give me some more of that Tony Nice. I like my Tony Nice, please. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Paris. Sure. Book Tony Nice in go, the TNT go ahead. shot. Yeah. I will. Tony Nice is great. Uh, outside of that, that was uh, really hot six man tag to open the show: Jurassic Express and Hangman Page versus Adam Cole and Red Dragon. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good match. Yeah, me as well. And I thought that uh, everyone everyone got their shit in, so to speak, and everyone got to showcase what they can offer to this. This wasn't a just tag team match. This wasn't just Cole and Paige. Um, everyone kind of worked harmoniously together, and it made for, for good talent, a good showcase of talent. Yeah. Wouldn't you know it, it was a pretty darn good dynamite front to back every segment for the most part worked everything was at least moderately intriguing there's nothing on these dynamite shows that made me go ah i just i have no fucking time for this uh (laughs) the hardys uh reformed return they faced private party in a tag match still super bizarre i know we talked about this a lot last time still super bizarre that like that song is is theirs it's it's free to use essentially because it's it's just weird hearing it on a non-wwe show I even find it weird, like hearing um, like cult of personality and stuff. It's just that, like, when you talk about that forbidden door, it is that kind of like, oh, I know this from the other thing, yeah. And now you're using it too, but that one uniquely seems, uh, you know, it just consistently reminds me of that episode of Top Gear, and that's all it reminds <laughs> me of. Um, that is the Hardy Boys, right? That is what what that signature noise that has brought them back into WWE on so many occasions. Um, now brings them to AEW, so it it's a it's a, it gives a kind of weird feeling. Yeah, we are about uh, geez, almost two months out from Double or Nothing, and yeah, no clear picture at all of where they're uh, where they're going with the card, which is great because there'll probably be two or three special edition dynamites between now and then, which they'll use to either blow off some feuds or to you know to reheat them, keep them hot. Um, but, uh, yeah, who would you like to see Adam page wrestle at the next, um, pay-per-view? Cause they'll blow off the, the feud with Adam Cole. I would hope well before the next pay-per-view. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. It seems like it's uh, cooling down a little bit. You know, MJF is, is such the obvious choice here, but, um, a, I don't know. I, I don't know where they're going here. He's a loser yeah. who lost. So no, not, uh, not him. I would expect to maybe see if they really messed up Wardlow, like put a real significant beat down on him, then MJF got a title shot in a couple weeks uh, and Wardlow returned to fuck him over on that front. Because yep. I think we're going to go, we're going to get Wardlow versus MJF at the next pay-per-view. I think that's the logical uh, direction to go. I think that has the legs to make it to the next pay-per-view. Uh, but there's a lot of time and space to fill in between that, so you could potentially have MJF win some sort of qualifier or something and end up getting a title shot, and then Wardlow fucks him over. Although, is that too obvious, though? It feels that way, yeah. Yeah, I just can't, like... 
Malachi Black? Like, I, I don't know. I can't think of, like, a good heel right now that can that can go up against against what is their top face, um, you know, barring anything unexpected here. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure who that person is. And Paige had just an awesome hot tag in that match, too, where he just, yeah, went uh, went nuts. Super impressive. I mean, we don't see long-tenured babyface champions in pro wrestling. It's a really tough thing to, to do, but uh, I think they're doing a really good job with him. Yeah, he, I don't think he's lost steam at all. If anything, he's gained it. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure you want to take the title off of him at this point, but, you know, maybe eventually losing to, to someone like MGF makes sense. Uh, but I don't think this next pay-per-view is even the time, I'm shocked to say. Yeah, oh, man, I just, you know, let's also not forget about the fact that you've got uh, Bray Wyatt floating around in the ether out there who could pop up in one of these uh, one of these promotions. Uh, you've got Cesaro, who we're all still desperately waiting to show up in AEW, and if you not, you're not desperately waiting for it, Look inside your soul. You are. You are. Yeah. He, he should be on the, the great wrestler team. He should be on the great wrestler team. And, like, they should have him. I think we talked about it last week. They should have him fuck over Moxley and then replace Moxley. And then he can go get his own band of crazy lunatics. And you can go pro wrestlers versus, like, brawlers or something uh, for double or nothing. I think would be cool. Like, maybe he goes and gets Eddie Kingston back or, you know. Who else would you see be on like a, a brawler type team? If Mox were to split off and form his own team, who do you think you'd like to see on that team? Ooh, Archer might be fun on that team. Oh yeah. Okay. Um yeah, maybe bring in maybe uh maybe a little Japanese guy, a little angry Japanese man. Minoru Suzuki? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Take a pick. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, we could also we haven't talked about him in a long time because he's been gone, but uh, Kenny Omega could most likely be back in time for uh, for Double or Nothing. So yep. maybe maybe that's Hangman's challenger. Maybe Omega gets a rematch. Although it doesn't seem like AEW does the automatic champions rematch thing, uh, which I think is no. is really dumb. I I hate that. Yeah, because I think they've expressly said that they don't do that. Good, yeah. because obviously the person's not going to win. Otherwise, what's the point of the title change in the first place? So yeah, I've always hated the champions, uh, the champions rematch. Uh, before we move to WWE, is there anything else AEW wise you wanted to get into that I didn't touch on? No, sir. Feeling good. Cool, cool. Um, before we get to WWE, uh, let's talk about CYN for a second uh shout out to our buddy <laughs> okay. uh lauren gardner at that guy 72 who uh, reached out to the uh, wrestle nation pod uh slid into our dms baseball slide into our dms and uh let us know that control your narrative they've, they've released their rules and regulations oh, okay yes i've i've seen hints of this okay so. uh inclusive of which is no tope suicidos <laughs> Hashtag that shit. Okay, so we have the eight rules. <laughs> eight rules of control your narrative. Uh, number one, you are in control. Rule number two. I, I am? Rule number like as the viewer? Yeah, rule number am two. Am I you? Yeah, you. Control, yeah. <laughs> control your narrative, Mike Paris. Rule well, number like two. It's rules, so typically rules are for the people in the ring. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not advocating and saying I also these have make to follow sense. The rules? I'm just reading them. <laughs> so, okay. so rule number one is you are in control. Rule number two okay, is you, you are in it. control. All oh, caps with this a is like exclamation. A don't talk mark. about Fight Club thing. A little bit. 
Uh, rule number three, fight ends when you tap out, get knocked out, can't stand, or quit. Sanctioned matches can end via pinfall. So the gimmick being that, like, pinfalls are going to be, like... Just if it's a sanctioned match, typical, yeah. Right. Fights but end. Most, ma- most matches are yeah, sanctioned. not sanctioned. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, rule number four. Standard professional wrestling rules apply for sanctioned matches. Chaos ensues in the project pit, all caps. Wow. (laughs) Is this like Raw Underground? (laughs) When I heard project pit, I'm like, fuck, they're doing Raw Underground. This is great. (laughs) Where's Damakato? Get him in there. (laughs) Okay, so. What a fever dream Raw Underground was. Oh, my God. For, for those of you listening, um, I hope you could hear the air quotes that Jordan Bowman was dropping. The arthritis in, in my fingers. Yeah, you had to yeah. hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next rule. I, I'm so, I just, I, it's, it's hard to read past the project pit where chaos ensues. <laughs> All right? Hey, I have a question for Control Your Narrative. Where is chaos going to ensue? Oh, the project pit, clearly. Fuck Thank you. That makes sense. So Thank good. you. I, uh, rule, I have no further questions. Rule number five. No hashtag super kicks. No hashtags tope suicidas. No hashtag Canadian destroyers. No, what? That's a weird one. Okay. Now, I saw someone on their maybe Facebook page um, had asked, like, okay, so no tope suicidas. I get it. Fine. What about planchas? What about uh, other topes, etc., etc.? And uh, EC3 himself responded no saying, <laughs> all other topes are fine, just no tope siasitas. What? That's weird. <laughs> so <laughs> a tope weird. cone hero is totally good. fine. Oh, good. Yeah. Fucking stupid. And also, like, yeah, you can, so, so you can go over the top rope, all good. You can go through the bottom, second two, good. Uh, not not suicida through the second and third rope. But that makes no sense because they're in control. It's just not allowed. Theoretically, you could also like kick someone like in their shoulder, but just not in their face. Okay. So like a moderate super kick. All right. Uh, rule number six. Uh, these are all. I, do you know what? I have, a, I have something else. Okay. <laughs> I want them to like make a huge signing. I want them to sign like Shawn Michaels. <laughs> okay. Or like the Young Bucks. Yeah. And then be like, oh, sorry, you can't, you can't do your thing. You know what, guys? We would have loved for you to come in. However, <laughs> we're saying no to you. We're canceling this signing. We've got a contract for you that we're going to have to rip up. Even though, yeah, you're the Young Bucks, and I'm sure you want to come here. Sorry, you're, you're too heavy into those super kicks. Can't have it. Can't have it. Petey Williams, get out here. Petey Williams, get the fuck out of here. No Canadian destroyers. <laughs> but I came up with You're it. in, you're out. Get out. <laughs> but I'm in control. Get out. <laughs> It says right here. It's the first and second rule. Rule number six. <laughs> the fight isn't with your opponent. It is with yourself. Is <laughs> that a rule? That's some deep, okay. that's some deep shit, man. It's like, oh, I read that rule and I'm like, I should go back to school, get my life together. <laughs> so, okay. I'm, I have many questions about that one, but okay. Are most of them, are most like, of them Mortal Kombat totally... What if I'm totally at home with myself? Well, that's fine. You are in control. But just make sure you're not home in the project pit, because that's where chaos ensues. Okay, okay, so can I have a match against myself? Can I have a sanctioned match against myself? Or 
are the fights only against myself. I'm sure that you can because you are in control. Let's not forget. I think that that's where it comes down to rule two with the all caps exclamation mark. Right, you are right, in control. Right, right. Unless I'm doing a super kick. That's right. Then okay. we're in control and we're saying, no, you can't See, be doing that. Okay. Is Don't tell me rule number eight is going to be like, there are no rules. Because <laughs> uh, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, rule, Forget everything you've read. Rule number seven: We're moving away from the somewhat metaphysical, introspective. The fights with yourself, not with your opponent. Uh, fights will go on as long as they have to. Sanctioned matches hit their times. All caps. Okay, good to know. So are their time. You are not. You are in control. Yeah, it's their time limits. And then uh, rule number eight: If you want to hashtag control your narrative, you have to fight. <laughs> In the pit thing? In the project pit? I guess. You probably say progress pit. No, it's the project, project. pit. That's where it is. Okay. Yeah, we're going to get down there and build a volcano for a science fair. And... <laughs> <laughs> it's a project pit. Uh, yeah, so that's the rules and regulations for CYN. Control your narrative. We're having a good time. We're having a bit of a laugh here. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, they're trying something. Shoot your shot. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're something trying different. something. Yeah. They're doing their own thing. Uh, they're, yeah. It's inherently very silly, but uh, I'm sure not to not to them. And you know what? More power to them. They're they're doing their own thing. Uh, I just I just want to see the chaos ensue in that project pit. What happens if you do can it, you Toby leave Susie? the project pit? Oh no! And then you can have a sanctioned match. Oh, that's a good question. Can you have a sanctioned match? In Are the sanctioned pit? matches more serious? Then the chaos in the pit. Here's the thing, and this is where it works, because I don't know, and I'm quite curious <laughs> to find out. <laughs> they got me. They did it. You're hooked. I am hooked. You're choosing your own adventure. Oh. Narrative. Whatever it is. I want to see like a wrestler out there and he's having a he's having a fight with somebody. And then uh he realizes that it's not my opponent I'm mad at. It's these issues I have with my father. <laughs> like he just he, like yeah. stops and crumbles yeah. into the corner. Yeah, he stops and crumbles <laughs> into the corner and he works some shit out. <laughs> have like so they have an in-ring psychologist oh, just, just there to there to talk. Have all the matches on a fucking beach. Or on like a mountaintop. And then like, you know, if you're really if you're having that if you're having that match with yourself, that fight with yourself, you have something to, you know, very dramatically look at. Distance. Yeah, just stare off yeah. into the distance. Yeah. What happened? Well, he was gonna hit a super kick, but then he realized either one it was against the rules, or he realized that his most dangerous opponent was himself, and he's just over he hasn't moved in like ten minutes. Well But then he stood in the corner and he, he said to himself, I am in control. I am in control. <laughs> and then he, he was back in there. How long has he been standing there? He's ready to go. How long has he been standing there? About fucking 10 minutes. Should we do something? Well, no. I mean, the fight ends when it goes as long as it has to. <laughs> if this was a match, it's going to hit its tie, but this is a fight. So yeah, let him work it mental out. Mental health is important. Like, we can't, like, we can't suggest that he can't do this right now. He needs this time. Oh, man. So color me intrigued. Poor Braun Strowman. <laughs> color me intrigued. We'll see. Uh, moving on to WWE, we are, what, three weeks away from the biggest show of the year, uh, the show that this year has ruined the word that no one really cared about in the first place, but uh, stupendous. Huh? Yes. That's what... Stupendous. The fucking... Like, when they first started hitting that button weeks and weeks ago, it's like, so this is your plan, you're just going to pick a word at random, and that's what you're going to... This is the stu most stupendous WrestleMania ever. 
What does that mean? Uh, that's a, someone take someone take Vince's word of the day calendar. Take away. his thesaurus and throw it in the garbage. Uh, uh, so I was asked recently, like, why is you know what wait what makes this year's WrestleMania like good? Like, why are people set to tune in? And it's a question I genuinely couldn't answer. It's a great question. It's a great yeah. question. There is like there's a lot of kind of like, for lack of a better term, like mid card kind of stunt stuff happening. You've got your Logan Pauls and your Johnny, Johnny Knoxville's yeah. and Jonathan Knoxville. Is that his Christian name? Yes. Um, and, uh, it, it, but nothing really that is any sort of like big draw that people are going to want to say, like, I need to turn on my TV to see that. I need to pay fucking whatever it's going to be, $40 a night for two nights to, to watch this happen. And, because yeah, here's the thing is like one of their biggest stars uh three weeks out from from mania has no match uh oh, seth wonder what that's seth about. freaking rollins and uh kevin fucking owens uh <laughs> had a match to i guess determine who gets to get their ass kicked by stone who gets cold. to interview who, who gets stone to interview cold stone cold cold cold. again that's like fine do that for wrestlemania backlash it's a wrestlemania <laughs> and they're arguing and fighting over who's gonna get to host a talk show jesus uh, and then Rollins loses and he's got nothing to do. It was like John Cena Undertaker thing a couple of years ago, which is pretty yeah. risky booking, but everybody knew the Undertaker was going to show up. And I thought they did a great misdirect with Elias. Like that whole thing played out really, really, really well. Also super funny to see him sitting at ringside nursing one beer the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> um, just watching. Just here to watch. He's, he's like, oh, I'm just here to enjoy. It's like no one believes that for a goddamn second. <laughs> and I remember that seeing the program like John Cena versus The Undertaker? Question mark? The Undertaker answers John Cena's WrestleMania challenge? Question mark? Da Vinci? Da Vinci? I, they know it's Da Vinci. It's been long enough. Someone's <laughs> told them. and they Someone has told them and they have retained that information. All right? I know your game borrows, twins. You know it's Da Vinci. I'm sure that you do. So... So now we got Rollins is kind of floating in the ether with nothing going on. Uh, this past Monday's Raw in was in Jacksonville. Everybody tuning in to see Cody Rhodes come out. You're only smoking mirrors. Wait to see Cody Rhodes come out and face down with somebody. Didn't happen. Everyone was super pissed. People were quick to say, well, they never advertised anything. So you worked yourself into a shoot, everybody. Um yeah, so now you have to have him show up. If you're going to do a Rollins-Cody Rhodes thing, you have to do it. But now word's coming out from all sides going, well, Cody Rhodes to WWE, maybe it's not a done deal. Maybe he was leveraging mm -hmm. them to get a better deal with AEW or who the hell knows. I will give them credit is that nobody really knows what's going on in that regard. That's good. But you're going to do Cody versus Seth freaking Rollins at WrestleMania on a two-week build where there really isn't a whole lot of history there. If the Shield ran the Rhodes brothers out of WWE and he wasn't Stardust for three years after that, maybe you've got something there. But Yeah, there's there's people that you could have booked him against where it would have made sense. Like, even, like, right, I hate that I'm even saying this, but, like, even... Like if Triple H was available, that would have been that makes sense. Thing. That makes sense, and that's right. a match. Yeah. I, that's a that's a spectacle match. I am interested in watching. Right. And even at this point, given their uh, current relationship, Austin Theory makes sense to it to a certain extent, uh, given the fact that he's aligned with Vince. So 
Vince sends out his surrogate his son. lackey to yeah. go take care of of the enemy, so to speak. Like you could have built something there without you would have needed Vince on TV for a while. And but yeah, to to build uh, Seth and Cody right now, if that is the path they're going down, you got very little time in which to do so to build anything credible. Because you can maybe have. Like Cody comes in and he wants to face like the best of the best or whatever, but that's Roman and Brock. Like you've got both titles locked up in this one match, which that's another thing we'll get to in a second is that, uh, that title match and the problems uh, therein. So, but now you're like, okay, uh, I'm Cody Rhodes. I'm coming in to wrestle Seth freaking Rollins. I'm calling out someone who currently maybe the fifth or sixth guy in the pecking order, like in the company, he's a long way removed from being champion and he's been doing the <laughs> the drip and cackle gimmick like a fucking moron for the last, you know, however many months. So you don't really take him seriously. Like, if he came in and challenged Burn It Down Rollins, okay. Yeah. yeah, but everything past that just doesn't necessarily make sense if Cody wants to come in and make an impact and take out a top guy. If he came in and went after Orton, okay, yeah, makes some sense, sure. But it's just weird that, yeah, Rollins is like sixth on the pecking order here. Yeah. And there's no history with them. Like personally, at least not that I can, I can pinpoint. And, uh, and you know, really you want to, for Cody to make an impact, Cody can't just come back as Cody. Cody has to come back as AEW Cody. Yeah. Cody has to come back as I tried to, you know, destroy you from the outside. And now I have figured out, I have to destroy you from the inside or, you know, something like that. There has to be relation to what the actual storyline is here. And you can't just ignore it and <laughs> fucking slap the Stardust gimmick <laughs> on him again or something, right? You can't just push that through and pretend like the last three years hasn't happened. You have to use that and, and leverage it. And the only way to do that is to put him up against the right person. And right now, that doesn't feel like it's Seth Rollins. The only, yeah, the only way I could tear this company down is by going after the seventh-ranked dude who was in a makeshift <laughs> tag team for the last several weeks. I'm going to get him. I'm gonna get him. Yeah, come back and challenge Chad Gable then. Once you, you know, what are you up to? Because uh, <laughs> it would make sense if he came back. And this is where I think that if he is signed, maybe they save him for Raw after Mania. Uh, is uh, he goes after like Roman? He goes after the champion, and right. that's the shitty thing is you're doing this title unification match. We've, we've seen happen over the years a bunch of times now, right? And the fact that that maybe is something that would get a little bit of interest. Oh, they're doing universal title versus WWE title, a unification. That's cool. But the fact it's Roman and Brock, which we've seen for now, this will be the third time at Mania. And yeah. we've seen it on Saudi shows. We've seen them in triple threats at Royal Rumbles. And just like, we are not, you know, it's not fresh to see. That's not a fresh. Yeah. No, not at all. And you could put your title unification bullshit on it if you like. But uh, yeah. Just but is that actually the plan? Is the plan to unify the titles? I think so. Like, because then you're, you're, are you then, or is the brand split over? Are you then having the one guy on both shows? Because, you know, fucking Brock Lesnar's not working that schedule for long. Nope. So it can't be him. No. So you're going to have Roman on both shows holding both belts. Like, Big, big. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe Cody comes out there. Maybe he causes a stir in that match and causes it to be a nothing finish. Or, you know, maybe there's something that results in neither of them winning, but that's not how you want to end WrestleMania with nope. neither guy. No contest. Holding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, I got uh, it. Oh, what it was right there. Uh, Cody Rhodes comes in. 
I used to be the most dashing person in WWE. Finn Balor, you sexy son of a bitch. You bring your U.S. title out here. Uh, me and you at WrestleMania. Let's do it. Although, is he fighting sure. uh, Damian Priest at Mania? Is that on the books officially now? No, fucking probably. Who cares? Split personality, though? Damian Priest. Yep. Yeah. Priest versus Demon. Well, that should be that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Priest versus Demon. Yeah. He's not like religious though, just because he has priest in his name. Uh, I'm pretty sure he is. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, there's big news for Ricochet. Maybe, maybe Ricochet winds up on the show where the IC title is the top title on the show. Go Ricochet. Sure. Uh, yeah, but you're right. It's leaning heavily <laughs> into the celebs this year. Logan Paul, Johnny Knoxville, and just this kind of car crash booking where it's like, yeah, okay. You got Drew McIntyre and his fucking sword versus uh, Matt. Is it Madcap Moss? He's wrestling. At Mania? Yeah. <sighs> like, yeah, and it's just like, there's a whole lot of these just, uh, you find them on any given Sunday pay-per-view, right? Yeah. Like, and it doesn't feel very Mania. Yeah, uh, Big E, uh, horrible neck injury in the last week since we last recorded. Uh, Big E broke his neck, uh, I think the night after we recorded last week, uh, to a botched uh, belly-to-belly suplex. Uh, super, super scary. Uh, talk of, you know, with those particular, I think it's like the C1 and the C6. I'm not a doctor, but uh, those are the ones in his neck that are broken. So he still has the use of all of his extremities and everything. Uh, you really see how beloved a guy like that is, like off camera when something like that happens. Yeah. And multiple people from, like everybody from all companies reaching out to send their best wishes to, uh, to Big E. Um, yeah. Uh, so there's talk that maybe he might not ever wrestle again. Really? Yeah, wow. because the C1 and the C6, apparently, like, they're, uh, when they get repaired, like, it's still pretty, like, flimsy. So, yeah, it's just, you know, rumors and stuff coming out that maybe he's he's able to walk and he'll have a full recovery. But as far as, like, wrestling goes, I think we've seen the last of Big E spearing people through the ropes yeah, uh, and diving yeah. headfirst the outside. That thing always has terrified me. Yeah. Uh, always looked super, super, super dangerous. Uh, and you got to feel for uh, what's his fucking face? This guy whose name haunts me, Ridge Ridge Holland. Holland yeah, uh, you know who who on the other end of that who probably is not uh, feeling so good about himself, and maybe the company's not feeling too good about him either. Oh fuck! It's not even on my list here. But uh, thank you for bringing up Ridge Holland because oh, yes, uh, we can get from Ridge Holland we can get to Sheamus and through Sheamus we can get to Butch. Butch. Uh, apparently, My rumors rumors went out before SmackDown last week that uh, from internally something very stupid is going to happen on tonight's show. Uh, was what the the thing that was leaked out was, and turns out that thing that was very stupid is Pete Dunne has been rebranded Butch. And he is now joined up with uh, Ridge Holland, Ridge, and Seamus O'Shaughnessy, Seamus. Uh, and they are now the Peaky Blinders group, I guess. Uh, yeah, and, seemingly. Uh, everyone just head in hands, shaking their heads at the at the rebrand of Pete Dunn. Uh, sweet Jesus, what are we doing here? It, it kind of reminds me of like, and I've been reminded of this group recently because I uh, made the horrible decision of purchasing WWE 2K22. Um and uh, it reminds me of Retribution, where it's like you have you bring in these guys who are their names are not bad names. There's nothing wrong with Dominic Dijak. Know, Dominic Dijak just like being Dijak or yeah. like you know shortening it, making it sound 
menacing, but no, you got to slap T-bar. her. I don't even T-bar. T-bar. Slapjack. And, and Mace. Mace. And, like, he could have been, like, he was Dio Madden, right? He could have yeah, been yeah. Madden. Like, there's Shane options Thorne there. Shane Thorne. So, like, yeah. just make him done or, or make him Pete or any, like, Pete. Like, there's nothing wrong with that name that doesn't sound threatening. Yeah. Or Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, Pete doesn't sound threatening. Get him, Pete. <laughs> but Dunn is Dunn's cool. Yeah, sure. Well, no, like you, there's you a got Kevin Dunn. You can't call him Dunn. <laughs> Fuck. Maybe that's a part of it. Maybe this is Kevin Dunn's bullshit. Maybe Cody Rhodes is going to fight Kevin Dunn. <gasps> okay, take my money. <laughs> take it. It's yours. <laughs> yeah. So they were supposed to be involved in a six man uh, program with the New Day, uh, which obviously is is off the books now with uh, with Biggie's injury but uh yeah another uh, another rebrand oh we also didn't talk about it uh Dolph Ziggler uh NXT mm. champion yay yeah he did it sure he did it he went down there to the, them their minor leagues and yeah he he sure dominated good i don't i don't even know like and robert rude's down there with them like sometimes they did and... a miz tv apparently earlier this week there yeah, so miz went like, like i i never thought i would be like NXT used to be the only product I would watch. Same, same. Right? And now it's like last on my list out of the three, to be honest. And it's like I have no interest in this. There there's I don't know. I'm curious. Show, someone show me the ticket sales for their WrestleMania weekend show. Because even the hardcorest of wrestling fans who are gonna be there that weekend in Dallas or over there. Yeah. Um I I just like I wouldn't buy tickets to to an arena to see an NXT show right now. Like where, there's nothing there for whereas me. Whereas that's the thing. When I would go to Toronto and stuff, I went there for SummerSlam Survivor Series and all that. Like my brother-in-law, who's not a wrestling person at all, I uh, I convinced him to go to one of the shows with me and it was the NXT show. And you know what? He went and had an absolute blast. Didn't know who anybody was. We watched the like the promo video packages for all the matches before we went to the arena and everything. So he yeah. was like, he had a somewhat knowledge of why these folks are fighting and what their beef and what their issues are. But he had a hell of a time at those shows. But uh, if the situation came up now, I wouldn't take him to an NXT on a Saturday. Well, so wait, this, yeah, so this lady just, so where... she just falls asleep, does she? Yeah, that's her thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it though. That That's where you would go on a, on a WrestleMania weekend to actually see good wrestling. That's where the hardcore fans went to see an actual like you know talented wrestling show as a co- as opposed to a uh what is it stupendous showcase of the immortals yeah. or what have you you know i i paid a lot of money to to see nxt prior to paying a lot of money to see uh john cena propose to nikki bella in the ring like you know there's this bullshit that you sit through as a wrestling fan but nxt was supposed to be the solace from that it was supposed to be the place where you could go and and watch actual talented wrestlers showcasing their talents and and not to say that anyone in nxt is currently is not talented but um i just can't see them being able to sell out an arena yeah can you top this have become will you watch this and yeah exactly probably yeah no not really well the dolph ziggler's representing he's their champion that's uh that's all well and good so yeah. yeah, and he's still a draw, right? Right. Yeah, sure. 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 Cody, that's it. Cody Rhodes comes back. He challenges Dolph Ziggler for the NXT Championship. He's like, you know what, NXT? Oh. I beat you once with my weekly show. That, I'm here. You know, to, that doesn't sound. I'm that here to put the <laughs> final nail in the coffin of NXT. 
Is that Rick Steiner's kid? Oh my god! <laughs> This lady just falls asleep all the time. Oh, my God. Okay. What am I doing here? Uh, what is this place? Yeah, well, you know what? We are still on the road to, to WrestleMania, and maybe at this point next week, Cody Rhodes has debuted, explained what his beef with Finn Balor is over who the sexiest man in WWE history is, and they have a match for the United States title. It's going to happen. One can only hope. Yeah. Uh, let's move ahead to uh, this week in wrestling history. What we're going to do right here is go back, way back, back into time. One, two, three, four, hit it! Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide, gonna find you and take it slowly, ready or not, here I come, you can't hide, gonna find you and make you yeah. one. All right, so doing things a little bit differently this week in lieu of uh, celebrating this week in wrestling history, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, uh, passed away earlier this week um, after suffering I think, three heart attacks after hip surgery, was on life support, family took him off, and then uh, the bad guy passed away, which uh, really shook the wrestling world. I mean, this isn't something that came as a huge surprise because uh, he's been in, you know, health issues for the last little while but the first thing i thought of was how amazing it was that he had the transformation that he did like a decade ago because this is 10 years past when everybody was expecting that it would happen i mean do you remember you remember the e60 right yeah 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 there was a a time back then where we assumed he was going to be dead at any minute now and and uh you know to see him prevail and then die under the circumstances they did um uh pretty wild obviously like you know his body after uh the years of stuff that he put himself through uh you know maybe wasn't as fit as possible for a surgery like that and that uh kind of gets that but when someone like this dies from complications from a surgery like that's um that's exceptionally uh sad because you know he's led such a life um with so many other things that could have killed him throughout throughout his path and to go out this way is makes it even worse and he'll go down as one of the the best wrestlers to never win uh the world title in wwe or wcw yeah that's well argument could be made that he could have been a champion uh in either um razor ramon or uh you know scott hall also, the impact that he had on the business that wasn't just his own. I mean, I think the first thing that kind of comes to mind is uh, Sting. Him being the one to suggest to Sting to use the Crow gimmick, and basically because he was such a huge movie fan, really pushing mm-hmm. that. I mean, he made Sting tens of millions of dollars uh, with that uh, with that gimmick. I think I think that's something that we've come to learn. Um, in more recent years is that this was a guy with a hell of a mind for the business. Like he, he, he knew what sold tickets. He knew what put butts in seats. He knew what put eyes on the television and, and he used that for everyone. Uh, you know, I think even about 
like I saw a picture from the Bollywood boys, you know, local, yep. local guys talking about how their brief interaction with him once, you know, really even affected their careers. So he obviously had a brain for the business, unlike, unlike any other. Yeah. Well, Triple H and Sean Waltman and others talk about like the car rides and just the knowledge and stuff and everything they've learned from riding in the car with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and like what a brilliant mind he was uh, for the business. Uh, it's unfortunate. I know Wyatt had to go party with Anton Alexiev, but I know Wyatt, like Razor Ramon was Wyatt's guy when Wyatt was younger, Wyatt was watching wrestling. Wyatt loved uh, Razor Ramon. And um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing to think that if Vince had seen Scarface he might not have wanted uh, Razor Ramon the character because he did the character <laughs> he basically he's a big fan yeah. of Scarface he did Scarface for Vince and Vince is like damn pal it's great and then he got to basically be Scarface on TV um, again guy loves movies and knows how to kind of weave that into uh, weave that into pro wrestling and uh, yeah historically just you know it's super sad to kind of look back now and knowing that he's uh, he's gone but he leaves a long legacy of great matches and moments of course the ones that everybody cites are the ladder matches the two of them he had with uh, with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 10 and in SummerSlam 1995 and how although they weren't the first ladder match because it really revolutionized what a ladder match could be yeah it was two of of the best talents of that time um Represent, especially you know the kind of lighter agile talents that could showcase their daredevil aspects as well um and like you said it did kind of elevate what a ladder match could be and what it did set the bar for a very very long time and maybe even still sets the bar on what what a fantastic ladder match had the potential to be and and I, you know i'll add as well that uh razor ramon and then scott hall was one of those people who was um, the perennial bad guy, but so bad, or the perennial heel, but so good at it mm-hmm. that he just won people over everywhere he went, um, and that's a that's a fine talent, right? You, you know, I know I've heard you talk about in the past about uh, Kevin Owens, and you know how you wouldn't ever cheer for Kevin Owens when he's a heel because you respect too much about how good of a job he does yep. at being that heel, yep. and I think. Uh, you know, Scott Hall was one of the first people to really represent that. Yeah, I think also of a Scott Hall ladder match he had on Nitro in the late stages against Bam Bam Bigelow. I remember watching that match. It was excellent. I remember watching that, and then one of his elbow pads came down, and underneath his, like, Scott Hall elbow pad, he was wearing one of his Razor Ramon ones, which I thought was always... Yeah, so it was such a cool, like, touch, because you know the history and the legacy and stuff matters to him, too, and I think he's wearing uh, wearing it for luck. And then just in like latter stages as well, you look at things like uh, the Fuji's. Latter stages. The, pardon? Latter stages, yeah. Oh, yeah, latter stages. That's thing. good, yeah. yeah. Uh, the <laughs> Fuji's entrance in ECW, which ever since yeah. the first time I saw that, I now associate Ready or Not by the Fuji's uh, with Scott Hall just walk into the ring with that swagger. Also something that came out that I wasn't aware of is uh, when he was in Japan and he wrestled a, a young boy. Uh, and basically duplicated the one two three kid finish, not like a moonsault finish, but was taunting and then got rolled up and lost the match to a non-established talent in Japan, just some young boy jabroni who ended up being Hiroshi Tanahashi. There you go. Fucking man, yeah. Scott Hall knows. Scott Hall yeah. knows. Um, and yeah, just I also looking back, just remember the 
you know, the kind of sadness watching that, like, E60 and going, oh, man, this is, like, this is really uncomfortable to watch. And then, you know, the work that he did and the work that he put in to, you know, pair up with uh, with DDP and get himself healthy, get his life back on track. How many times did you see that uh, Hall of Fame speech, especially the end of it, cited on social media social media uh, after oh, God, Scott Hall's passing? That was everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's fitting, right? And it... Uh... It made all the sense in the world for him, and it's just—it's so interesting how the that you know not to make this about DDP, but he has developed this like um, system, and where you root for these guys for the rest of their lives, right? They, these are people who have overcome all odds, and especially in a business that can be so rough on on people, especially wrestlers of their era. Um, but yeah, we you continue to root for the uh, Jake the Snake Roberts and, mm-hmm. and the, the Scott Halls of the world, and. And uh, it's unfortunate. Like I said, it's unfortunate to see Scott Hall go go this way. Not that there was any good way to go, um, but from complications of a surgery, it, it uh, it's it's sad. But it is an amazing and rich part of the guy's legacy that, uh, yeah, this should have happened ten years ago. But yeah. he rallied and um, was able. We were able to see him get inducted twice into the WWE Hall of Fame. You know how many people get inducted posthumously, especially wrestlers from uh, from that era. So the yeah. fact that he was able to get his life together and rally and have the late stage success that he did, uh, just a testament to uh, to the guy. And you know, uh, Bret Hart made some comments about uh, about Scott Hall saying that they weren't necessarily super close but he always really enjoyed his matches. He also um very much respected him for his like treatment of Owen, how like Razor and Owen, like mm. Scott Hall and Owen were relatively close and uh and worked together a lot. And then Bret Hart sort of opined the fact that, you know, if maybe the days of wrestling and being on the road 300 days a year were a little bit kinder to some of those folks. A lot of them would still be around. So, um, you know, a lot of, you know, thoughts and emotions coming from, uh, from Bret Hart as well. But yeah, just to see the outpouring of, you know, love and support and what Scott Hall meant to everybody that he worked with, but also people that grew up watching him, uh, just goes to show you like how far the guy's reach was and how important he is in the, in wrestling history. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So uh so that about wraps up uh wraps up the show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at NEW WrestlePod. Be sure to follow the Nation Extreme Wrestling account as well at NEW Wrestling Inc. All matches from NEW5 are now on the Nation Extreme Wrestling YouTube page. So hit that up. Watch the matches from NEW5. Get yourself all psyched up for NEW6. We broke down the card for you. You know what to expect. It's going to be an amazing show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to this show. And if you're on iTunes, leave a rating leave a review we appreciate it a lot helps with our metrics and uh yeah makes makes my paris smile doesn't it paris smiling smiling right now you want to make this guy smile he's great it's a good guy uh that's all for this week uh thanks again to our special guest anton alexiev the white russian number one contender uh bring some cream of mushroom soup cans to uh to the to the next event uh so you can you know be part of that celebration with him uh don't do that maybe he'll sign one for oh man oh and anton alexiev signed cream of mushroom soup shit sign me up put it on the merch table (laughs) so thanks to the stanchion wide aren't the architect mike paris i'm jay bowman and we'll see y'all next week on wrestle nation